Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young in with you this evening until 10 o'clock. And I I need to remind you of my email address. I love getting emails from listeners. I get emails from listeners every week, and I always respond 100% of the time. So if you like the show, if you don't like the show, if you got a question, comment, if you just want to argue about something, I'm always up for that. Shoot me an email, Young. that's the letter B-Y-O-U-N-G, at harrisdowell.com. That's the name of my law firm, Harris Dowell Fisher and Young. And that's B Young at Harris Dowell, H A R R I S, as in Sam, D as in David, O W E L L.com. Uh, this week, FBI Director Christopher Ray, he confirmed something that, that I've been saying since January of 2020, and that's that the FBI believes that COVID-19 really did originate from a lab leak in China. This is the head of the FBI. Confirm that. And while so many uh, liberal pundits have tried to dismiss these findings and allegations in the past, I think the the fact that the FBI director said this really gives credence to the story. It's not some alt-right theory. It's the head of the FBI under President Biden who's saying this. And yet, I think one of the most interesting admissions that came from Christopher Ray this week is that he said, and I'm quoting here, for quite some time now, the FBI assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan, unquote. So the notion, at least from my perspective, that the FBI has has really had this belief for quite some time is really unnerving because experts and commentators and pundits, everyone's been afraid to say that, what we've always known. Now, I think it was just uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago, I played the famous clip from Jon Stewart when he was making, uh, obviously making jokes about it, but he was making the poignant point that if you've got Uh, an outbreak of a coronavirus next to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, what's the most likely source of that? And so this is something intuitively we've known for a long time, but John John Stewart was just 
he was almost canceled when he said that. And so I found it very interesting that when asked about it this week, that John Stewart had this to say about his redemption, or at least about uh, the fact that what he said is now probably right. It's it's not about certainty or the, the larger problem with all of this is the inability to discuss things that are within the realm of possibility without falling into absolutes and litmus testing each other for uh, our political allegiances as it arose from that. My, my bigger problem with, with that was I thought it was a pretty good bit that expressed kind of how I felt. And the two things that came out of it were I'm racist against Asian people and how dare I align myself with the alt-right. So this is what I think is fascinating about this. I mean, we can debate whether it came from uh, a lab leak or not. We, we, but honestly, we don't really know. But he, I still think that it does. That's the most likely scenario. But this is the angle that is most interesting to me. I mean, for, for years, whether it's the media or the government or the mainstream media, has really treated anyone who raised this lab leak theory, they've basically said it's it's you're one of three things. Either you're a conspiracy theorist, you're a racist, or you're a racist espousing conspiracy theories. I mean, that's really been the attitude towards anyone who brought up the lab leak theory. I, I was doing an interview uh, with a podcast. My goodness, this was in early 2020. And I expressed an opinion that uh, that the most likely scenario for the origins of COVID was an accidental lab leak from Wuhan, China. And that episode of the podcast that I was on, I'm not going to mention whose it was, but they got kicked off of YouTube for that because of what I said when I expressed an opinion about the origins of COVID-19, that podcast was kicked off of YouTube. Now, how absurd is that, number one? But number two, this brings, to, this brings back to something that I've been advocating for a long time, and that is when you have censorship of private media, you're going to, you're going to, to squelch not only free speech, but you're squelching the exchange of ideas and ultimately, the bottom line goal here is to control what people think. That's the ultimate goal. And it just is, is almost to the point of angering me when people want to stop these conversations under the guise of protection, that you need to be protected from harmful ideas. No, you don't. We need to have the marketplace of ideas so that the truth can come out. And there's no better example than the COVID lab leak theory. Because if that turns out to be true, and I'm convinced with 100% of my being that it is true, because up to this point, there's been no legitimate foundation or origin found in nature for, for COVID-19. And in every other pandemic we've ever had in the history of modern science, Science has been able to find the origin of that pandemic, but not so with COVID-19. Why? Because it was most likely created in a lab like two blocks from where the first person was recorded having COVID-19. But the point is, again, we can't prove that, but we can prove that the truth was squelched by the mainstream media. 
we can prove that people like Jon Stewart were canceled for expressing an idea about the origins of the greatest pandemic to strike the earth in modern times. And to me, that demonstrates this is the the poster child for why censorship is an awful, terrible, misguided idea. And my hope is, is that, and I think it's a futile hope, but my hope is that we'll learn from this incident and say, you know what, we shouldn't be squelching ideas. We should be encouraging vigorous debate so that the truth comes out in that marketplace of ideas. Speaking about the marketplace of ideas, we're going to take a break here. But coming up next, have you heard of Chat GPT? This is something I've been playing with for the better part of a month now. It's amazing. It's all the rage because this chatbot can talk and converse just like a real person. But what are the potential dangers with an almost sentient computer system? So we discuss this next with George Rosenthal of ThrottleNet right here on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. One of the things, I'm a nerd, I'll just leave it out there at that, because uh, one of the things that I love checking out here recently is something called ChatGPT. 
It's it's all the rage. But are we actually creating new tech issues that we've never faced before? So anything that we have that's tech related, I always want to go to the co-founder of ThrottleNet, friend of the show, George Rosenthal. Hey, George, great to talk to you again. Great to talk to you, Brad. Thanks so much for having me on. Sure. My pleasure. Uh, first of all, let's just lay the foundation. What is ChatGPT? Okay. So, well, think about it like when, when and I hate to say the words because it's going to activate a lot of people's devices out there, but I'll whisper it. Um, her name is Siri or Alexa. If you say <laughs> any one of those two, I don't want to say it loud because everybody's devices activate. I know. At uh, my house, at my house, we call her Eliza just to make sure that oh, well, it, doesn't, go. Eliza, it doesn't kick in. I like in. that. That's good. Well, that, that actually, to me, was the first interaction I really had with AI, artificial intelligence. And that kind of blew my mind. And it got better and better every year as it's gone on. And now it's gotten to a whole different level through an organization called OpenAI and they have now been funded billions and billions of dollars from Microsoft to um, a bunch of other companies. But in November, they released this application called ChatGPT. And I cannot stress enough how mind-blowing it is that you can ask it to write a term paper or an academic paper or anything that you can think of that you need written. And give it some parameters, give it a little bit of you know direction, and within seconds it will put out a piece of work that is perfectly written. The grammar is immaculate, the punctuation is immaculate, and you can go in and tweak it yourself, of course, copy and paste a word. But it is changing mm. everything, and it's very it's very scary in some ways, but it's very very powerful in some ways. In the in the way that sooner or later you're going to be able to call your credit card company or whatever service it may be. And AI will sound and talk like a human, but you won't know it's not a human. And it will solve problems for you right there on the spot via the phone, text, chat, you name it. But you don't realize you're not talking to a person. So that's the fun side. The, the scary side is now hackers are using it and they're from all over the world. So imagine, you know, if you're in India, you're in Russia, China, what have you, and you don't speak perfect English. Your grammar's not that great. So when you write a phishing attack email and send it out, everybody here in Missouri is going to look at that and go, okay, I, I can tell this is a fake email. The, the grammar's not so great. The punctuation's not so great. But even today, I just tested it out. I wrote a phishing attack email that was posing as UPS. And within 10 seconds, it had written an email for me in perfect English. Wow. And it was a perfect phishing email that I could have sent out with a link with a, a fake tracking number that then would have infected whatever company network mm. the employee had clicked on that link. And, and I want to I want to get to some of the horrors of this uh, in, in a few minutes. Of course, we're talking to the co-founder of ThrottleNet, George Rosenthal. And and George, I assume I started playing with this uh, chat GPT probably at the end of December. And and I've spent yes. some time. I hate to admit how much time I've spent on this because it's been a lot. <laughs> Me too. Uh, but uh, but Me I too. assume from from a tech perspective, I assume that there's just massive data sets here that are fed into the computer algorithm in order to produce the results that it that it produces. Yes, in fact, it's it, well, it's searching through the internet of every single piece of written text ever put out on the internet, so it has access to all of that. Um, what's really, really crazy is that 
in, they're saying in months, I say they, meaning Microsoft and the major investors, along with, and, and now chat, just so everybody knows, open um, AI is an organization that is basically having an open source. So people can contribute to this uh, chat GPT and make it better and better and better. So that's why they're estimating in months, you will not be able to recognize the difference between a human and chat GPT as far as the writing goes. And then what's wild is that it can take different images on the internet. It searches the whole internet for images and can now draw artwork. All wow. you have to do is give it a little bit of direction. It'll draw a picture for you based on other images it has seen and, and, and saved throughout the entire internet. So, so we're that actually, part is fascinating. yeah, we're actually getting close to the, the famous uh, uh, mathematician, early computer scientist Alan Turing had what's called the Turing test. Uh, whenever yes. computers get smart enough that you can't determine whether or not you're talking to a human or to artificial intelligence, we're getting yes. very close to that then, aren't we? We are actually there, almost there. And here's, one, here's another fascinating thing that's, that Chad GPT blew me away at. It recently passed the level two interview for a Google software developer. And passed it with flying colors, meaning that it wrote, it took the questions from a job interview at Google, answered the questions with written software code, and the code worked. Wow. So you now have software writing software. Right. It's fascinating. Sure, because then, of course, that could be exponentially, that, could, that creates the exponential growth that everyone's Correct. always been concerned about from from uh, even from the Terminator movies, you know, where you've got yes. computers creating computers and technology creating technology. Uh, here's the one thing that I did, George. I, I I'm a Star Trek nut, okay, and yeah, I, and yeah. I went to I went to ChatGPT and I said, write a short story about Captain Kirk and Captain Picard going on vacation together, and <laughs> and, and it wrote like a 500, 750 word short story. It was very very interesting. But there was some incorrect information in there that they had about uh, Picard and Kirk that only a true Star Trek aficionado like me would pick up on. I guess my question is this. Accuracy can be somewhat of an issue with chat GPT, can't it? 100%. In fact, that's how I believe it was a Yale professor or maybe it was Harvard. One of the Ivy League schools, uh, the professor caught a student uh, because they had the Chad GPT said that a historical event had happened at this particular date in this particular location, and it hadn't happened then or there. So that is one way that the professor caught him. Then, then the student admitted that he used GPT to write his paper, and now they're changing to all oral, uh, they, they're all oral tests. So there's no more written papers that need to be turned in. You're going to have to know the information, stand up in front of the class, and tell everybody. So there are a lot of downsides mm -hmm. to what's going on, but there's a lot of amazing things that are going to happen in ways that your car will be able to talk to you. Your car will be able to solve problems for you while you're driving. Your, your appliances will be able to e examine what's going on in the refrigerator with dates of food being outdone and then tell you automatically when you need to go get new food. There's a lot of really cool things coming. Uh, but there's, with that, there's always some bad people that try to find a way <laughs> To use yeah. it in a malicious fashion. And, and, that's, and that's what I want to talk about now. We're talking to the co-founder of ThrottleNet, George Rosenthal. And at least you've you already highlighted one of the, the issues by threat actors, uh, by someone writing a, a phishing email 
that otherwise would be in broken English, but they can use chat GPT to make it sound like a, a Native American, not a Native American, but a, a, an American, a person from the United States actually wrote it. But actually, chat GPT can be used to write malicious code, too, can't it? Yes. And so entry level hackers or what we call the wannabe, the wannabe criminals that are wanting to get into the industry in a bad way. If they don't know how to write code in, in a high, high advanced level, they can now use chat GPT to do that, um, which is kind of dangerous because now you've got a bunch of entry level people writing code to hack into your networks, to get into your systems and then hold your files for ransom. So I think the 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 ransomware problem in this country is about to get worse. Mm. And here's why. The average person, not, I, actually not even the average person, I think the most advanced person very, very soon will not be able to tell the difference between a phishing email from a bad person and a regular email from your friend down the hallway. So I, I, it's going to get really, really spooky in that way, which leads me to the point of how do we protect ourselves because if it's going to keep getting more advanced and more advanced, you just have to put up more walls and make sure that your personal life is secure, that your business life is secure, and, the, and, and that you have tools in place to handle it. Because the, the, the amount of threat actors that are going to now try and get paid by locking up your files and doing some bad things to you is going to increase. <laughs> And, and and I got to drop another Star Trek reference here because oh I love it yeah you, because you 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 mentioned something that triggered a thought. There's a great uh, Next Generation episode where Jordy LaForge and Data are pretending to be Sherlock Holmes and Watson. And of course, Data the the android solves the entire mystery in the first five seconds. And Jordy's upset, so he tells the computer create a character, create a villain that can defeat Data. Now, he doesn't say create a villain that can defeat Sherlock Holmes. He says create a villain that can that can defeat Data, and we get this supervillain called Moriarty. Now, the reason why I bring that up, George, because I know you like Star Trek, but the reason why yeah. I bring this up is, is that we now can have chat GPT or artificial intelligence create code that perhaps, whether it's... Uh, uh, whether it's code in terms of encryption code or code that can break through encryption, we've got now artificial intelligence that can actually write computer code. Absolutely. And, and, and write computer code along with things that no one would really think about a computer writing. For instance, if you just had an idea for, let's say, an episode of Star Trek and you give ChatGPT a few scenarios, you say, I need you to write a 20-minute TV episode that includes these characters with this story plot, go. It will literally, and I've, I've done this myself, it will say, enter actor into hallway. And it oh, will set the scene wow. and write the entire episode step-by-step step for you. And then you can copy and paste it into Word and do what you want with it. So screenplays are being written, are going to be written mm -hmm. initially by chat gpt so you could literally create your own episode of star trek with whatever scenarios you want and it will create it for you oh, it's in perfect english in real time now you can pay 20 bucks a month uh chat gpt finally started charging i couldn't believe they were doing this all for free uh but if you pay 20 dollars a month you have unlimited access to write as many uh chat conversations as you want you can use it for free but you'll be at the back of the line if the servers get busy it'll shut down but yeah. I would highly encourage you to go to open.ai uh, 
It's open.ai. Chat GPT, you'll see the button there. It just says try it for free. If you can't get in, you'll have to try it different times of the day. Um, but it is a fascinating yet kind of scary scenario yes. of computers being able to write and solve math problems immediately, uh, have conversations with you based on any topic you can think of. Uh, it can give you recipes for food all the way to code that could hack into whatever it may be. I mean, for goodness sakes, a, a, a computer software program passed a level two interview for Google software developers. That's fascinating to me. That blows my mind. Stunning. It's code being written by code. And oh. where does that, you know, where does that, where does that lead us? over time? As, yeah. Right. And so where does this go as humanity progresses? I think it's going to be into every device we use. You're going to have AI and not just your car, but you're going to have AI, artificial intelligence in your TV, in your refrigerator. And, and people say, well, why would I need artificial intelligence in my refrigerator? It would tell you everything from the dates your food or your food's going mm-hmm. bad, trends of things your family likes to eat and automatically suggest it on your shopping list. There's so many interactive things that are about to happen. Yeah, the possibilities uh, are endless. Intelligence. Yeah, the, the possibilities are endless. endless. Uh, George Rosenthal, co-founder of ThrottleNet. Hey, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon to talk about such a mind-blowing topic. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. I really appreciate the opportunity. Good to talk to you, George. Take care. Uh, Thank you, Brad. You too. And in addition to the things that George said, you know, the legal issues here are immense because if if chat GPT or artificial intelligence is writing stories, can chat GPT or can a computer own a copyright interest in a work of art. And the courts have said, no, they can't, that you have to be a human because monkeys take pictures, but monkeys can't have a copyright. So you got to be a human. So who owns the copyright in all this? We don't know. We're going to have to figure this stuff out. And hopefully lots of lawyers will get paid as we figure this process out. And that's always my wife's angle is that it's always good when the lawyers get paid. So yes, I have to uh, agree with her on that. Hey, Texas has launched a new initiative to fight illegal immigration. But what is it? And the bigger question is, will it be effective? Michael Chapman from CNS News will join us next for all you need to know regarding the battle to protect our borders. Next on KMOX. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Immigration, it just continues to be one of the most vexing issues in our country, seemingly because of the refusal of the Biden administration really to do anything. 
do anything at all about this issue. So joining us to discuss this is Michael Chapman with CNS News. Hey, Michael, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. Uh, In in the absence of leadership from Washington, D.C. on the immigration debacle, Texas is actually doing something about it. Tell us about that. Yes, um, uh, Governor Abbott, uh, Republican governor of Texas, um, had complained quite a bit about the lack of cooperation and help from the Biden administration on dealing with all the illegal immigrants and, and drugs and crime that were coming across the border. So he finally set up his own state-level uh, operation called uh, Operation Lone Star. And uh, that was launched in March of 2021. And um, it's so far, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been fairly successful, according to the governor's office. Um, it's a division that runs out of the governor's office and is answerable uh, to Governor Abbott. But it involves uh, using uh, the Department of Public Safety in Texas, uh, as well as the National Guard and um, also the Texas Military Department personnel from those offices. And they're allowed to, they can't, of course, stand at the border and enforce the federal laws on immigration, but they can go after um, illegal immigrants, uh, people who are in the country illegally and, and um, drug dealers and, and human traffickers and so on in areas in Texas um 53 counties so far, uh, from what the governor's office says, these are uh, what they call uh, high threat areas uh, where there's a lot of uh, a lot of illegal activity and, and illegal movement of migrants going on. And under that state uh, state declaration, the governor can send in the National Guard uh, and um, the uh, military uh, personnel that that he, he he deems is necessary to go after these folks. And in their latest uh, press release, which we reported on uh, last week, since uh, I guess it's been about May of 2021, they they have arrested um, or apprehended at least 348,000 illegal immigrants. That is a uh, stunning, that's a stunning number, 348,000 apprehensions. Yes. Yes, just in Texas. Wow. Uh, it's, It's it's pretty impressive. It's quite impressive. And uh, it doesn't get a lot of attention on the national media, I think, for obvious reasons. Uh, I, I think a lot of the, the liberal media don't mm-hmm. want other, st- other states uh, to follow suit or to um, give this much attention um, across the country. Yeah, well, CNS News, made- and this is what I want to get to next, mm-hmm. because CNS mm-hmm. News recently reported that Texas, in addition to this 348,000 apprehensions at the border, that Texas has also seized more than 361 million doses of the deadly drug fentanyl. So in the absence of these seizures by Texas, this fentanyl could have been distributed and killed untold numbers of children or young adults across the country. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a fact. That's not hypothetical. Uh, that's the amount of drugs, according to their uh, their latest uh, press release, in, in terms of what the fentanyl they captured. They also captured marijuana and cocaine and other drugs, but the fentanyl, which is considered, as you know, and every, I guess most people know, is extremely deadly. And, and it was caught in Texas and, uh, and didn't get to be distributed throughout the country. And and probably I, I'm 
you know, assuming uh, saved some lives. Absolutely. And, uh, well, what does Texas what does Texas Governor Abbott say about the failure of the Biden administration to do anything, anything about this border crisis? Well, he, he's used language like like you're using uh, the failure of the administration to do anything. And he has complained publicly um, many times in letters, open letters uh, to the administration, because I assume that private conversations or uh, conversations behind the scenes uh, were not getting anywhere. So he went public with it. Um, and he has said that the Biden administration refuses to secure the border. And these policies are just further. It's a it's a broader invitation for illegal immigrants, drug dealers, human traffickers and so on. And um, he's trying to do everything he can as the, you know, the governor of Texas to try to secure the border and try to protect the people in Texas. But even also to protect. I mean, these people, a lot of these folks, they're coming illegally, but he's trying to protect them as well because there, there's human trafficking, uh, there's crime, there's drugs, and he's trying to deal with it in a legal, orderly fashion. And the Biden administration, from everything the governor has said publicly, is is just ignoring him. Um, and the a lot of the liberal media criticized him when he created this program because he has National Guard folks out there uh, with Humvees and... Um, they're tracking these people down and they're catching them. They're arresting them. And, and um, a lot of the media do not like to see that. Um, uh, we're, we're, we're talking to Michael Chapman with CNS News. And and, and listen, <clears throat> CNS News has been really at the forefront of covering a lot of this uh, news coming from the border regarding the border crisis that the mainstream media just refuses to cover. And And Michael, we hear about the cities and states that whine when 48 uh, immigrants are transported to the northeast but but what we're seeing in texas it's actually producing tangible results instead of just complaining about the issue absolutely um these are these are real solid facts this isn't theory this isn't a hypothesis you know what could happen what we could do he, he they are stopping these people and those folks that need to be turned over to uh federal um Customs and Border Patrol, or uh, that happens. And then there are others, as he mentioned in the press release, there have been about 24,000 criminal arrests. Um, it doesn't provide all the details, but I assume a lot of those uh, were drug crimes. Um, but also other criminals who are sneaking back into this country uh, are getting arrested. Um, and those are real uh that's real data. Um, you can track that and you can watch it and you can see what's happening. And mm. it's it obviously, as you mentioned very early on, he's he's stopping these folks and preventing a lot of the, uh, the really negative or criminal consequences from spreading out into the country. And, uh, I, you know, I think as a governor, he's doing what he should be doing. Uh, exactly. To protect people his people. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. We, we we commonly hear of areas being declared as disaster areas after a hurricane or tornadoes or earthquakes. But you, you mentioned this a few moments ago, Michael, and Texas has actually declared some border areas as disaster areas because of the influx of illegal immigrants. Yes. Um, in, in May of uh, 2021, um, Governor Abbott issued a disaster disaster declaration and from what i've read so far it covers up to so far 53 counties in texas and most of them 
are on or near the border. And that gives him the authority to deploy the Texas National Guard to the border um, and the other um, state uh, security personnel that I mentioned, the uh, Department of Public Safety and, and the military department. Yeah, under under that disaster declaration, he can do that. And that's what he's done. And um, some folks don't like it, but. You know, he's he's doing what he thinks is the best thing to do. That's fantastic. We're talking to Michael Chapman with CNS News. And, Michael, do we know or have any idea of how many uh, illegal immigrants were apprehended at the border last year in total? And not just in Texas, but do, do we know how many were apprehended in 2022 across our southern border? Um, the number um, that I, I've... I've um uncovered is uh it's from the department of homeland security um but it was also reported on by judicial watch which is a government watchdog group um and they write a lot about the border and the latest numbers i have are that um 2.4 million Mm. uh immigrants uh were apprehended in 2022 and that is up from uh 1.7 million in 2021 um, so those those are both those both were record uh, record breaking uh, numbers. Yeah, it's just stunning uh, because because Michael, we're, we're of course we're here in the St. Louis area, and the entire St. Louis metropolitan area is two point five million. So it's as if the 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 border has they've apprehended two and a half million, meaning the entire St. Louis metropolitan area coming across the border in twenty twenty two. That's correct, and and you have to keep in mind that those are only the folks they caught. <laughs> exactly, we we have no idea how many people were not apprehended. That's right. Uh, it's it's crazy. The border essentially is is wide open, and um, the, the numbers show it. And uh, it's absolutely incredible what's happening. The the other thing that's incredible, and you you wrote about this in your article at CNS News, is the cost. Now it, we we consider these numbers and we're throwing around big numbers of people who come across the border, people who are apprehended and it's staggering, but even more staggering is the cost. What does this cost the United States per year to deal with this illegal immigration problem? Well, the number that I was able to dig up, uh, I got from an organization called the uh, Federation for America immigration reform or fair, um, which have been around for quite some time. And uh, they track, the illegal immigrant uh, problem. Uh, they've been doing that for many, many years. And they estimate that the cost to the U.S. taxpayers of dealing with uh, illegal um, migrants or illegals, illegal aliens every year is about $132 billion every single year. Um, I, mean, I want to make sure folks get that. $132 billion. billion. Yes, it's it's insane. It's it's crazy. Um and then there are all the, all the so many other related costs that we can't really calculate uh, when uh, illegal aliens commit crimes, uh, murders, and rapes, um, drug trafficking um, that go down the line and go downstream and affect so many other uh, aspects of our society. And, and it's, I don't know how you necessarily can, um, can measure those. It's incalculable. Costs, you know? Yes. Well, I want to applaud you, Michael Chapman from CNS News. I want to applaud you for actually having the guts to cover this issue when so much of the mainstream media simply ignores it. If folks uh, want to follow what you and others at CNS News are reporting about this ongoing border crisis, how can they find you? 
They can find us uh, online at cnsnews.com. Um, we're also on uh, Facebook, um, cnsnews.com, and Twitter, and also um, a number of other sites, I think, Rumble and Gab and uh, uh, Getter. Um, I don't know all the social sites, but certainly on, on Facebook and Twitter and Rumble, and then also the website, um, they can find all our stories there, and we have a large archive of materials. Very good. Michael Chapman, CNS News, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon on 97.1 FM Talk. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. It's... Hey, uh, coming up, we're going to have to take a break here. Coming up after the break, I want to talk a little bit about the student loan issue. Because just this week at the Supreme Court, we heard oral arguments on President Biden's attempt to to basically not really forgive student debt, but to transfer that debt to the rest of the taxpayers of this country. I'll break it down legally, the oral arguments, next here on At Your Service. We are talking about money here on Camo X. Brad Young back for the final segment. And just this week at the Supreme Court, we heard oral arguments on the issue of whether or not President Biden can unilaterally cancel student debt. And what I hear so often on this issue, and I, I've talked about this issue with countless people, and the argument that I always hear is, what student debt is crippling this country, that, that kids graduate from college and they're, they're crippled by student debt. They've got loans they can't repay. And all of that can be absolutely true. I'm not even suggesting that that's not the case. Uh, I interviewed an attorney for my law firm several years ago to, to come work for me. And this attorney who just graduated from law school told me that he had about $175,000 in student debt. And that's, that's, that's a crippling amount of debt. But th- that's not the question. The question is not whether that the student loan debt is crippling to students in this country, because the answer to that is clearly yes. But the, but the question is, is it legal? That's the real question. Not whether it's needed, but whether it's legal. And that's what was debated at the Supreme Court this very week. And just to recap it for you, all from a legal perspective, all of this, the president's attempt to cancel debt, goes back to a 2001 law. It's called the HEROES Act. And under the HEROES Act, it empowers the president to cancel student debt of soldiers during a time of national emergency. So the question becomes... Can the president use that congressional authorization to cancel student debt of non-soldiers and also in a time when we're not in a national emergency? You may say, well, COVID's a national emergency. Sure it is. At least it was. But as of this year, President Biden himself has said it's no longer a national emergency. The federal government is backing away from national emergency status. And so it's no longer a national emergency. So both of those prongs of the of the basis for President Biden to, to 
unilaterally transfer that debt because it's not an elimination of debt. Keep in mind, it's a transfer of debt from students to the federal government, and that means to you and me and anyone else who pays income tax. So it's not an elimination. It's a debt transfer. But let's get back to the legal side because here's what's going to happen at the Supreme Court. I'm going to tell you right now, and um, uh, my my success rate of predicting these cases at the Supreme Court, at least during the past two years, is 100%. So I feel I feel like I've got a good track record going in on this. And here's the question, and I use that word for a reason. There's a, there's a legal doctrine called the Major Questions Doctrine. Major Questions Doctrine says this. This is constitutional law going back 150 years, and it says this. If the president is going to act on something that involves a major question and that it involves power that comes from Congress, then Congress has to speak clearly and definitively to authorize the president to act. That's called the major questions doctrine. I've paraphrased it down from a lot of legalese in Latin, but that's essentially what it means. So how does that apply to this case? It applies to this case in the context of if Congress wanted the president to have the power to waive student loan debt for all students, they would have said so. But they didn't do that. So at the end of the day, when the Supreme Court rules in June, it will be either a 6-3 to three or a 5-4 to four decision striking down President Biden's attempt to cancel student debt. Mark it down, write it on your calendar, and then when it happens, you can call on the show and say, Brad, you called it, because that's exactly what's going to happen. You know what else I called? is that you're going to want to stick around and listen to the best of Dave Glover because that's coming up next. This is Brad Young at your service. I'll be here next Wednesday night. Keep listening to KMOX 1120. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.